Hello everyone. I welcome you all to a fresh new episode of my podcast Let's Talk Life's Musings. Today I have with me Commander Vivek Bomma who retired from the Navy and is currently working as a consultant with LNT. Uh, so nice to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, thank you so much Kiran for having me over for this podcast. It, I feel it's a privilege uh, to share some of my own experiences with your audiences. Yes, yes, definitely. I think as the conversation goes ahead, our listeners will get to know a lot of interesting facets about your uh, different, uh, I mean, uh, areas of wherever you have got into all these years, right? So let's begin with a little introduction about yourself. Can you just introduce? My name is Vivek, and I belong to Hyderabad. After my uh, plus two, uh, that is in December 1996, I happened to join the Navy. Uh, mine was a slightly off-beat uh, entry. Uh, we were supposed to do engineering as well as uh, our career training together. So this was a very rare opportunity where uh, you were training to become an officer as well as you know also get a B.Tech degree by the end of this course. So. Uh, I graduated uh, way back in 2001 and uh, there, thereafter it has been all one-way traffic in the Navy. Yeah, that's the, that's a wonderful introduction. Uh, but uh, how's, how's the journey been? I mean, from Navy to LNT, I mean... Uh, I, I think uh, the transition is actually something which is uh, a little demanding. While it doesn't on the face of it seems so, it's actually very slow because uh, uh, specifically for me, I have been uh, wearing the uniform for almost, uh, or I was wearing the uniform for almost 24 and a half years. And uh, after that, moving out was definitely a challenge. Uh, I had to rewire some of the connections that were made earlier. Right. And yeah, but I think uh, when, when I joined LNT, LNT did provide me and does provide a very good opportunity to explore something which I hadn't done earlier during my career. And uh, it was also uh, with LNT, it was also something, uh, you know, as something like giving back to uh, the work uh, that I was involved with earlier. So it was a sort of win-win for me when I moved over from uh, the Navy to LNT. It had its own challenges, uh, but I think now I'm uh, more or less settled. It's more than nine, nine, ten months now, and I'm more or less settled in the way that the transition happened. Yeah, definitely, I think the transition uh, does seem interesting to you. Uh, but I think after being in the Navy for uh, 24 and a half years, it's a long journey, I must say, right? So, and and, and this is a different ball game altogether, right? Uh, entering into the corporate world, it's quite different from what. Uh, the structure used to be in the Navy when you were working there. Yes, uh, the uh, structure in the Navy is what you would know is a little uh, steeper into hierarchy. Uh, but having said that, what I see in the corporate is also that is also that finally for a process to move in a particular direction, the general elements are more or less the same. So the thumb rules I felt were the same. Yes, the environments and the settings are different. Uh, 
so some things are very specific to uh, one particular environment so the navy had its own uh, set of working and uh, lnt has its own uh, uh, working style but uh, the factum ground is that uh, the input as well as the output is a little similar but uh, yes uh, navy had its own charm in the sense that uh, in the navy you the, you hardly take any time getting into the team but uh, when you look at a corporate sector uh, you will definitely take time at least that's my impression as of now it is uh, because the uh, there is no particular tuning that is done to you when you join uh, any any corporate organization you are of course taught a little bit of the culture and all but uh, that's hardly any time and you are it's not that you are under certain stress or pressure while on the navy in the navy i mean the first thing that you go through is stress and pressure so by the time you are out of it you are already tuned to the system lot of lessons learned from that navy experience right yeah yes. but uh, yes but let's look into another facet of your life uh, listeners i must tell you vivek uh, does a lot of cycling he's into running and let's explore those areas of your life uh, can you just tell us about your uh, cycling uh, thing that you have been doing all these years just throw some light on that uh, yeah cycling actually has a good amount of story to it i uh, uh, my first experience with uh, cycling was again uh, when i was a cadet uh, in my third year of engineering we had an expedition uh, all the way till uh, ratnagiri from lonavala and it was spread over a few days uh, it was a, yeah it was a fantastic experience again at that time uh, we were just you know in those late teens so I had a lot of energy uh yeah and uh, in that also what happened was i didn't complete the uh, entire expedition because what happened was uh, while we were entering uh, before we entered ratnagiri there was uh, there is a place called ganpati kule so two of uh, i mean me and uh, another coachmate of mine we were riding together uh, there was a very uh, long down slope and uh, he what happened was uh, his brake somehow failed during the course and he ended up with a shoulder dislocation so after his initial first aid uh, we then moved on to ratnagiri from ratnagiri then i said okay fine i'll move back because he had to be taken back to our base for uh, further medical treatment initial uh, setting up was done i volunteered to do that because in my mind i thought okay uh, whatever cases that i had to see i could uh, you know all i could uh, be a part of it and i could see that now the return was more or less uh, uneventful at least that's what i thought and i volunteered back so coming back was also a sad mode of adventure I had to take two cycles one patient uh, who was now he his shoulder was dislocated so uh, yeah somehow we, uh, we managed to reach back lonavla uh, Uh, again i stayed put till the team uh, uh, came back in fact i was told that i should wait for the team to come back we were supposed to i mean this was during our vacation time and as luck would have it uh, this team of uh, ours uh, went to another fort called raigad 
in Maharashtra. So that was my first experience uh, with uh, uh, cycling spread over a period of time, long distance. Those cycles were our Indian make, and they were quite rugged, robust, heavy. The next uh, twist came again in uh, 2012. Yeah, 2012. I I was posted in Vishakhapatnam, and I was doing a course uh, here in Vishakhapatnam. I had a bicycle with me, and I used to ride it on and off uh, for my classes and back. uh this time again uh, there was another interesting thing this time the accident was with me so i just i i was riding on and off and uh, i was not very regular during this time so i had kept my bike aside for quite some time and then one fine day i just decided okay it's been quite some time i took the bike i dusted it up and i started riding that time i used to stay on a in a place called as dolphin hills in vishakhapatnam where the accommodation is on top of a hill and uh, our office uh, was at the base so i was coming back in fact i was going to work and uh, i was already on the slope during this time i realized that i am not able to brake uh, i was whatever uh, braking action i was doing the bike was not getting uh, slow I tried and tried, and after some time, I realized that uh, my brakes had gone. Now I was in a fix because I was already on the downslope, and uh, I didn't know what to do. So I kept going. I kept going, and uh, there was a turn which uh, comes—a straight left turn, sharp left. So there, I straight away went ahead, banged into the railing that was there, fell on the other side, and uh, I had injured my neck as well as my right knee. Uh, i was uh, there was some good samaritan who found me there he took me to our naval hospital initial uh, medication and all i was one day i was in the icu just because they thought that maybe the injuries were severe and i also managed to fake them that they weren't severe and the within two to three days i got out the next day when i went to work and i sat on my chair i was the pain in my knee was unbearable so fortunately since i was during uh, this was during a training session and uh, i was a post senior at the same time uh, i had instructors who were quite supportive so i approached them and i said that sir i think i need to refer to a, uh, an orthopedician and then check it up so i was allowed and then uh, the orthopedician here in shakhapatnam he recommended some sort of physiotherapy so those sessions went on for i think two or three months physiotherapy after that uh, uh physiotherapy took me almost 6 uh, months and uh, then i said that okay uh, i should now invest in a bicycle uh, if i have to say so not on the but yeah spend some money and buy a decent bike and uh, having had that experience of brakes failing i decided that i should have a bicycle which has disc brakes in it that's how i ended up shelling out a good amount of money then in 2012 and here in vishakhapatnam uh, there were hardly any bikes who were uh, uh, with gears so i had bought a i had bought a spanish make bike then and uh, in, along with me there were two more officers who were in the same uh, school or uh, training establishment 
and we started riding together they were more uh, uh, they were more uh, occasional and i was a little more regular and somehow we just caught up and uh, i continued riding thereafter and there was also this concept called as bike to work so then i decided i'll apply it here also for my work and i applied that aim of bike to work is you go to office and come back home on the bicycle right so i was told when i spent that amount of money i was told uh, you wasted your money you won't get the opportunity because after the training i was supposed to go on to a class of sabrines uh, and uh, spend my time uh, work there use my experience and training there so sabrines being uh, operational units have their own challenges the <laughs> schedule is a little or i so i was told that uh, you wasted your money i said okay let's fight and uh, that's how i became uh, quite regular and i started enjoying it more and more so i used to go to work on my bicycle and come back home and it just stuck on and uh, i've been in i have been a little consistent there it just continued since 2012 so it's almost 10 years that i have been there. but quite an interesting story i must say even after that uh, but the almost fatal accident i i am i don't know how what determination you had in fact to continue cycling and uh, what was Ra- uh, your rajeshwari's take on this when you said like okay i i'm going to cycle again i'm going to buy a new bicycle for myself <laughs> in fact when i got admitted she was sort of uh, worried uh, she was quite tense in fact uh so but then yeah she, she saw me recover uh, and uh, since she knew that uh, basically the uh, bicycle that i had earlier was not of the quality uh that uh, you know i mean you you can uh, manage with those kind of bicycles also but yeah it it takes a little more of your time and effort to maintain and, uh, and uh, this was more into uh, sport to one extent so when i told her she was initially a little taken aback that do you have to spend so much for a bicycle but then she uh, was quite okay with it thereafter and i was also enjoying it but so if i may uh, yeah, sure. yeah go ahead go ahead in fact uh, i used to enjoy it so much that while uh, uh, while i used to come back home from work Uh, this was 2013 and uh, rajeshwari was carrying with a second child so i used to stop at a marketplace uh, uh, and then i used to fill my bag with uh, tender coconuts because she, she was carrying we uh, generally i uh, for our uh, earlier uh, i mean for our elder son we were in bombay and we had a full time maid at home so i had given her uh, good instructions that uh, she should serve rajeshwari a glass of juice every fresh fruit juice every day but then uh, when we came to vishakhapatnam we couldn't uh, i mean we didn't get a decent maid we had certain issues there so i decided okay and i used to fill my bag with three or four tender coconuts and that would carry her through for uh, the next three four days and again it used to be i used to keep doing this on a regular basis every two to three days i must say you know cycling to work and coming back downhill and uphill especially i think the uphill was a little challenging right uh, yes yes in fact that was the best part of it because by the time i came back home 
I didn't have to take out time separately for any kind of workout. So I used to come back home, freshen up, and then I was done for the day. I think cycling itself is a kind of wholesome exercise. In fact, if you enjoy cycling, it definitely adds into the experience. And like you said, your workout is done. The whole body, you know, yeah. <laughs> is used out all that energy in cycling. So it's really nice. You know, one more thing is that uh, uh, when I bought the cycle, along with it, I bought for the first time I bought a specific cycling apparel. So we have cycling jerseys and uh, cycling shorts. So uh, I bought them for the first time, you know, two each, so that they can always be rotated. And uh, so I had become a sort of a sight on uh, that road. And uh, so uh, Rajeshwari people used to ask her, okay, so is it your husband? Uh, and she used to feel a little proud there. She <laughs> said, yeah, he's my husband, uh, the guy who's on the red bicycle. Sort of thing. But from 2000, I mean, 2012, 13, uh, as I was mentioning, those were the first bikes which had uh, come to Vishakhapatnam, the three of us. After that, uh, from 2015, 16 onwards, I saw a steady uh, growth in bicycles and now on beach road uh, you find so many people and the community uh, who's into cycling has grown and is growing in Vishakhapatnam. So it's, it's it's actually it feels very good that uh, this was I mean something uh, not that I started it but uh, I was one of the first who got into this there and uh, uh, it is now it has caught up very very well and people are, I mean, you get a lot of choice also these days. Yes, definitely. I think, but uh, if I may ask you, so what was the cost of the first bike that you got? The Spanish-made bike? Uh, that uh, was uh, 22,000 in uh, 2012. So it <laughs> actually was quite heavy for me also <laughs> then. Yes, yes, because I think that those days, Rajeshwari, that's why he must have got a little short, like 22,000, because it was just starting. Right, we were also not yes. aware what kind of bicycles are there and what good it would do in future, or how I mean sustainable bikes, if you could uh, say, right? Correct. I have that bike even now, uh, but to actually put things in the correct perspective, um, if you wish to take up cycling, it's always fine to invest a decent amount, and uh, as on date, I will recommend. Uh, people to go in for something which is uh, maybe about 25-30,000, you know, try it out because uh, the quality of the bike also matters. While the sport doesn't necessarily demand a bike with gears and all, mm, but I'll uh, also uh, tell you another incident where somebody has shown determination in a different, ang different uh, angle. But uh, once, I mean, for a normal person uh, like me, uh, I think it was a very good investment and the m motivation for that investment was my accident. Had I not undergone that accident, I don't think I would have spent so much of money because uh, for me, it was, I had no broken bones, just a little, little, some few injuries here and there, then some amount of physiotherapy and I was absolutely fine. In fact, uh, but then that made me take the call of investing that money. That was the, that was my motivation. 
but i think when you get into the market like for uh, for us also when we bought our first bicycle it was in coimbatore decathlon we were not really sure and we went and purchased a mountain bike and that we got to know uh, when my husband shashi who has also joined the group and he goes on these uh, cycling rides right so only then that we got to know okay that's a mountain bike and uh, then he got another one i think a road bike so can you just tell our listeners about this different bikes or what they should go as a beginner if they have to start cycling what kind of bicycle okay for a beginner in fact when i also got my first bike i hadn't done any study whatsoever uh, i was just recommended uh, this bike and i was told that this is costing so much there was a variant of that bike uh, without those disc brakes uh, and there was another variant of the bike uh, uh, with uh, with a higher gear ratio just these three things these were the three bikes that were there on offer and uh, the bike without the disc brakes was a little lesser i think it was costing 20000 then and the bike uh, which was uh, with higher gear ratio was uh, i think 24000 but then since my requirement was disc brakes i just went in for those disc brakes and uh, i ended uh, spending that much amount of money so my first bike was uh, without any uh, internet research if i have to put it that way i just bought it i was enjoying it definitely next came uh, another uh, event in fact uh, uh i was just cycling and i was coming back so when i was coming back one of my uh, uh, colleagues uh, uh, he asked me uh, are you going for a run now then i said that's not a bad idea and i came back i parked my bike and i just went for a run i i never had done that earlier so after i did that then i started doing the combination of uh, cycling and running and uh, online uh, i checked up and i found an event uh, called as hyderabad triathlon yeah. so 2014 uh, i think i participated in the duathlon because i am not very good at swimming so i participated in the uh, duathlon and since i had a mountain bike uh, uh, so the general talk was that instead of a mountain bike it's better to go in for a hybrid or a road bike for such events so i didn't carry my bike all the way from vikhapatnam to hyderabad for uh, doing that event after i did it again we the thought started germinating that yeah, maybe i should look at having a road bike too so uh, subsequently i went in for my road bike uh, that road bike again uh, uh, what i did was i asked my sister who stays in the uk my brother in law i i did a lot of internet research on that and then i gave them a specific model uh, and the budget again was on the higher side but somehow the mind had got made up it took me some time to convince rajeshwari she was not <laughs> okay with that uh, budget so but then uh, we yeah i ended up buying it and uh, um, it was bought basically there are certain things like uh, in the uk they have these christmas sales Uh, at the end of the year and uh, there you get very good discounts uh, so they bought it uh, then and uh, it came again it came to me in uh, august the next year so coming back to your question of uh, what should somebody go in for 
firstly uh, uh, mountain bikes i will not recommend if you are a city dweller the opportunities for mountain biking and the uh, uh, the trails that the mountain bikes need for you to enjoy uh, you do, will not get uh, close to cities so if you are such a hardcore enthusiast about mountain biking and or trail biking then you can go in for it but then you will not get those opportunities uh, close by and you will have to take specific efforts to go out of the city and then try out different routes so my recommendation for them would be uh, to go in for a road bike or a hybrid because road bikes uh, might be a little more expensive uh, for a budget for uh, especially starters so it is always i will always recommend uh, at least uh, 18 speed to 21 speed bike uh, hybrid bike so that you can get into the sport start enjoying it start pushing your limits once you start doing that you get a little comfortable with doing it then you can think of upgrading or trying something else i think definitely that will be a cue for our listeners to start off cycling at least listening to your story despite the accidents that uh, you saw somebody having or you had yourself you just uh, went ahead with uh, your cycling uh, instincts you know and uh, coming back to something that you've just started like uh, i got to know that you and your wife started this 100 day challenge Uh, what was it yes. about yeah, can you just tell us about that uh, we have this uh, website called as hdor 100 days of running they started events uh, i think some 6 7 or 7 years before and uh, the flagship event of uh, that uh, website is you uh, run for every day 100 days okay and uh, Uh, the minimum requirement is about 2 kilometers a day so the number of kilometers is totally upon you but you have to clock 2 kilometers a day either on your on your uh, mobile app or uh, any sports watch uh, that you are used to uh, record it in that synchronize it with that app and they start logging it so uh, actually i am a little uh, lazy that way so i generally end up signing for such events so that i always push myself out of the bed to do something like this so last year uh, uh, i have been into running also uh, subsequently since 2013 onwards 2012 i started with cycling and 2013 running also got added to it uh, i have uh, and rajeshwari that way has has not been into sports uh, as much So last year we just decided I also do you want to sign up let's do it she also right I said yeah let's try it out because now the kids were also a little older and we could take out time uh this entire 100 days of last year uh, we uh, did it together right i used to join her on every run sometimes she used to feel a little uh, stressed out sometimes she used to feel uh, uh, lazy lethargic she used to say that i don't want to go for the run and sometimes she used to feel like you know i am not in a good mood i don't feel like going for a run and that point in time i told her that come with me for the run and again i'll ask you the same question how do you feel after the run and uh, 
to uh, to share something in this regard she, uh, she came back from the run and she said i feel so much better we went for hardly 2 or 3 kilometers of run uh there is a there is a general thumb rule which people talk about they say that uh, it takes 21 days uh, to make it a habit and 90 days to make it a rule it's called the 21 by 90 uh rule so 90 days we did it and uh, 100 days when we finished we uh, it was like an achievement of sorts because during this time we had also shifted our house we were staying in one corner of the beach road earlier and we shifted to the other corner so despite everything since the requirement was 2 uh, kilometers a day we had decided mentally that we have to do it and we at least clocked 2 kilometers every day and despite all that shifting and all uh, we used to dump the stuff and then despite again despite all the uh, tiredness we would just do 2 uh, kilometers at least by walk so that's how we clicked ticked all our requirements all our uh, conditions and then managed to finish the 100 days of running so from then onwards she got into it uh, regularly now she manages to do at least uh, 20 kilometers a week and uh, this time also we have signed up for hdor but yeah this time i don't think i'll be running with her because uh, i realized by the end of hdor my own speed had come down so occasionally i'll join her uh, but then uh, now she also doesn't need me actually yeah. i think so it's an ama- amazing story about how you both signed up for the program and in fact from where it started and where you rajeshwari also came up to this level you know now she doesn't need you like you said because in the beginning you said the journey started with a little push from each other you both motivated each other and then started off the run come what may yeah. i think was your mantra you have to do it right that come what may is the mantra of hdor also <laughs> if you go to their website that is what is written come what may so <laughs> we decided that come what may we need to do this we should do this and right. every day it was every day i mean uh, it was like uh, we took it every day after the other day. i mean one day at a time okay i think it, i think it, it's always good when you have such a humongous challenge in front of it seems like that right you know and then taking it one day at a time is always good break the task into little little uh, i mean huge tasks in little things yeah daily targets that's enough yes that's enough and then i think slowly you'll get there and you've already done it and this is the second time around now so it's quite interesting yeah and now, now that's i'm pushing what... her a little to you uh-huh. i'm pushing her a little to uh, improve on her uh, uh, pace and stamina so we, i think i think she she she's also understanding the mechanics of it She's already there because I had seen her the other day when we were on the beach road uh, with uh, Shashi and the kids. So I was just seeing that her pace of her running. I mean, by the time we walked and came, and she was already returning back. <laughs> so she's there. She's there, Vivek. <laughs> she's doing well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's liking the attention that uh, people are giving her also. <laughs> <laughs> So we all need that, you know, a little push, a little motivation, right? <laughs> At fact, the end, running, yeah, running according to me is one of the most fundamental things that we all should do. 
it's like uh, eating and sleeping so yeah. you should uh, uh, i mean this is a very basic activity for all of us uh, that's why i and uh, we don't see too many uh, ladies running in fact on beach road if you see you will have uh, 90 to 95% uh, uh, men and probably 5% of women who are actually running right. yes the number is increasing but i feel more of us should get into it about uh, 20 minutes to half an hour a day is more than enough at least 5 days a week is more than enough but it is something which uh, the running as an exercise is a is very aerobic and uh, uh it is as important to women as it is to men so there is no gender discrimination there no no i am sure rajeshwari is already inspiring lot of women out there and lot of other women also who keep running definitely somewhere in their mind you know they must have also had this thought like okay even we have to run and do uh, whatever they are doing but uh, definitely uh, it's a great challenge that you have both taken up and actually completed and, and it's still going on right so it should become a part of our life it's not like ye challenge kar diya bas ho gaya but then it's continuing now like you said so it's good to see uh, both of you getting into the line uh, but uh, coming back to your cycling i wanted to ask about the long distance cycling like uh, people do a lot of cycling within the city i think you have been a, a part of the long distance cycling group also so how was that ex- experience yes. long distance is my uh, in fact after i went in for my road bike uh, then uh, the long distance thing started actually i went for a long distance ride in fact uh, then in visakhapatnam we used to have these long distances uh, uh, being conducted from walter uh, at the walter and that uh, group was also very very small so the first time i went in uh, i actually borrowed a road bike from my classmate and uh, uh, we i went for the ride it was uh, it was actually very very demanding because i had never uh, ridden that kind of distance it was only 200 kilometers so to say so that was another uh, push for me to go in for my road bike that this again was i think in uh, maybe 2014 or 15 i think 14 i think uh, uh, i did this 200 kilometers right a different experience altogether where for the first time a different limit was touched so i i felt that maybe i should need only a road bike to do it and uh, once my road bike came i started signing up for longer rides first 200 then 300 step by step the longest that i have ridden again was only 600 kilometers people have done more than that but during this course uh, what i have seen in fact i have not done it personally but what i have seen is that it just needs determination to do that ride yes a little mechanics a little uh, strategy needs to be there in place because uh, you are pushing yourself uh, beyond what the body normally does you are uh, missing sleep and uh, your uh, heart rate is always at uh, around 140 or 150 continuously because you are riding so much but then uh, as i was mentioning i have seen a uh, uh, 
person from Vishakhapatnam. He has done thousand kilometers on his bike, which is not geared. It does not have gears, and he's finished it within the time that he was supposed to finish. So it's nothing that it's nothing that you should have a good bike to do it. If you have a good bike, it obviously uh, adds some comfort value. Definitely, you will love you will love uh, riding some more. But it it's it, there is no uh, rule that you have to have that kind of a bike to get into cycling, as this uh, person has demonstrated time and again. So, in the cycling group in Vishakhapatnam. i think he's the one who stands tall amongst the others of having the grit to do 1000 kilometers on a single speed bike so and when it comes to uh, all these long distance uh, rides 200 to 300 is all okay because it can finish within the day uh, but once it moves to 400 or uh, 600 In fact, when I did my 400, there was this guy from Hyderabad who came down with his MTB, and he did that 400 kilometers on his MTB. So that is a challenge of its own, and 600 also. If you if you if you actually look at all the 600 and the 400, they, they need some amount of planning. You have to plan your sleep, meal timings, and uh, rests in between breaks. Whether you want to Going for a break every hour or every 50 kilometers, these are all uh, very very uh, personal and or it goes with the group you're riding with. And when you go for such long rides, it's always better to go with uh, at least one or two more people together, so that uh, uh, any accident or any breakdown there is help at hand. All these things again, all these things matter. So not only uh, individually, it also matters uh, uh, with the group that you have. I think uh, well said about the the experience that you had the uh, cycling with the group, and like you said, it's really important to get into a group when the distances uh, begin to increase. because a lot of factors like you said you know the rest times and accidents or whatever help is required during the course of this cycling uh, experience you might need a lot of help when you go in a group it's always better right so, yes and uh, above all if you're in a group there might be times when you feel like giving up but the group will motivate you to complete it that's the most important thing yeah because i uh, i think i mean you just said 200 just 200 kilometers uh, you started you said is for you is just, just but i should tell my listeners even 100 200 kilometers requires a lot of determination you know to begin with right and uh, then going up to 400 and yeah. i mean 600 it takes a lot of uh, i mean what do you say will power it's all in the mind as they say but you also need a lot of physical strength and it's not like you just get up and take your cycle and go you need to practice i mean your lifestyle and your fitness should go hand in hand only then i think you will be able to go through these long distance cycling right uh the beauty of cycling is that uh you don't need too much of effort it's is it's not that the uh, your your uh, uh, legs give uh, give away it's not like that but then what you need to get used to is sitting on the saddle basically you have to get your but used to the uh, time that is spent on the saddle that is where the most inconvenience yes, comes in yes. in cycling 
that's how i mean that that's the biggest challenge so when people go when they train also it's more it's not that by the time they are home they are totally drained out uh, with respect to uh, loss of strength it's not that but it is just that you are you are getting used to the posture on the bike how steadily you've been able to sit all these things matter uh, the moment you move up and you're uh, standing and riding there are i mean your speed slows down all those other aerodynamic factors come into play so it is always i mean the longer you're able to sit on the saddle and move that is where uh, your uh, acclimatization also is set yes. but uh, coming to the thing about the cycling group do you have any women in the group in fact uh, there are uh, certain women uh, again unfortunately vishakhapatnam does not have too many women in that group and i am not very familiar uh, with the ladies who are in the group uh, there is uh, the first time when we did uh, 200 and all there were ladies in fact there was uh, i still remember that first 200 which i did there was another lady uh, who was doing the 200 uh, she had a son who was in his uh, i think uh, graduation time so that that age lady was there in the group and she did the 200 km ride there were there were a couple of other uh, ladies also uh, but for the but now in vishakhapatnam yeah there are certain ladies uh, again the certain uh, ladies in the from the navy side who participate in uh, long distance events but then the number is uh, i mean i feel it needs to go now but we are considering can... rajeshwari and i considering buying a road bike for her too so that yes. she can enjoy rides i think definitely after getting her to run on the road now it's your turn to motivate her to cycle also right <laughs> so i think uh-huh. she'll definitely she's also ready okay she's also ready i know that but um, um, i am thinking of getting her a bike the way i did and uh, my uh, sister uh, and my sister and her family are likely to uh, come this year so if the works out then probably i'll be tasking her or i'll be burdening my sister uh, and brother in law to get probably get one more yeah, yeah. Yes, I hope after listening to this story of yours, you know, a lot of our listeners will get inspired. So, I mean, I I know there are a lot of them, but men and women alike would take up cycling. And you take you took it a step further, like you said, you also used to bike to work, right? So that is another yes. uh, feather in your hat. So it's really nice. And if more and more people get into this, uh, I mean, there are a lot. Of, I think uh, uh, something happens and. Uh, I think in Pune they do have a cycling lane. I think it was there. Uh, to, not sure. To my knowledge, uh, we as a country cannot go in for a cycling lane. It is right. We have to manage for the amount of vehicles that you have. Yeah, for the amount of vehicles that you have in Hyderabad, there is a small stretch. I think maybe Pune also has one. Here in Vishakhapatnam, uh, behind Walter Club, they did uh, try a small uh, patch. just once one stretch on the road but again it didn't work out uh, primarily because uh, i mean uh, for us uh, we have a population which is so huge and there are so many vehicles on the road so uh, catering for a cycling track i don't think is uh, practical for now maybe in future when we plan for 
other things it may be uh, accommodated but in the present state i don't think it is uh, it is practical at the moment but having said that cyclists if you intend to go in for cycling some basic safety uh, precautions you need to take one is uh, a pair of gloves it is less of fashion and uh, more of a requirement because when you fall you generally end up on your palms so uh, the gloves help in uh, preventing that kind of an injury so your uh, palms are saved of any abrasions the next is uh, a helmet very very important because uh, the first time i mean when i had my accident on my uh, bike earlier i was just wearing a cap and i was going so fortunately for good or for bad i didn't have any head injuries and all but uh, if the fall is bad you will definitely uh, some in uh, somebody might end up having head injuries also so just like uh, for two wheelers where we put on a helmet and go and take the two wheeler out for cycling also you need a helmet and in case you are riding in dark hours you should have a red colored blinker uh for alerting people behind you and a light so uh, these are the four mandatory requirements according to me for cycling uh, if you are doing it on a regular basis and you end up doing it in uh, dark hours also why i said that was because you know the safety also comes into the picture because as you are cycling right. on the road and our uh, people on the road are not very particular about the cyclists that uh, going along i mean uh, there are like you said there are so many vehicles on the road and uh, when you keep cycling for long distances you're crossing villages towns i mean you need to maintain the pace also and then look at the traffic around you also and like you said you when you're cycling into the night so safety is also a concern right yes, yes and in fact in india uh, you you encounter reverse traffic so many times you find two wheelers bullock carts coming in the reverse direction i mean you are as a cyclist you are not in the center of the road you are already at one corner of the road and that corner somebody is coming in the opposite direction okay and <laughs> if your eyes have not been on the road because sometimes while riding you tend to look down Yes. your eyes have not been on the road you will definitely bang into them so uh, and uh, many of the uh, auto drivers or car drivers two wheelers they uh, sort of uh, become insensitive to you know uh, cyclists stray dogs is another menace so you have to battle all these things lot of hindrances on the way but still <laughs> come what may you have to complete the ride <laughs> right correct yes and uh, if you are in a group it's even better yes i know a group is always good like you know the motivation factor is always works out there <laughs> rather than doing it on a individual level right yeah but before yeah. we i mean end up the episode just wanted to talk about this ted talk that you did with the students at geetham how was that experience uh, interacting with the students there it was amazing to say the least um, i mean again there i was sort of sharing my uh, journey in the navy 
but uh, the energy levels of the students there was actually uh, phenomenal and uh, the overall experience was so enriching because there were so many uh, speakers there with varied backgrounds with different experiences and uh, of course the students themselves uh, who were so much into the activity who was totally involved with getting things moving the main takeaway for me from that uh, from that uh, experience of having been a part of uh, tedx geetam was that uh, uh, the speakers themselves uh, distinguished in their own way were like uh, were just like me okay but there was something in them that made them uh, move in some particular direction and they happened to gain that experience and uh, uh, that sort of uh, determination and above all what i found was that it was purely passion that made them go the way they went i think that was my uh, biggest takeaway so if anybody is passionate in something or the other if you even if you spend little time every day i think it will take you miles ahead that's why i think that was my takeaway from edx geetam it was it was actually a very fantastic experience right that's quite interesting but last uh, lastly just wanted to know how's your uh, how's being a father to nimit and manyu uh what is he <laughs> right uh, but i uh, i feel that i should be a little more uh, patient with them that's what i think uh, sometimes i tend to lose my cool um, but i yeah, but then what what eventually that i i sort of uh, have only one expectation out of them that uh after certain time uh, they should be able to fend for themselves whether they want whether they either of them choose to whichever career that they choose i want them to uh, excel in whatever careers that they choose as far as i am concerned i have nothing in my mind uh, as far as their career is concerned i does not whether he chooses whether they choose to be a doctor or an engineer or an architect or a wildlife photographer or an archaeologist they are free to choose what they want but at the end of it they should love what they're doing and i think that is the key to their happiness but it all depends on what they choose at the end of it and as a parent i think i am just going to be a facilitator to one level after that they have to find their way Yes, I think. And yes, as far as I'm, as I'm concerned, I think I need to be a little more patient with. I think maybe we are all on the same page, you know. Especially after post the pandemic, for all of us, it's become quite difficult, you know. Children have been going through so much for them uh, themselves. In their mind, is a lot of turmoil, and then on top of that, we are also like having a lot of things going around. So I think as parents, we can just be the facilitators, as you said, just the guiding force. 
i'm sure they'll definitely do well with uh, parents like you and rajeshwari uh, behind their backs so definitely they'll find their own way <laughs> so i think uh, uh, it's all in the making the challenges yeah it's it's in the making but uh, the challenge i personally feel that we have today is that uh, we are in a world of excess everything is available at a beck and call and everything is available in surplus i mean uh, touchwood uh, we have been blessed like that so far and uh, uh, the almighty's blessings should continue to be so but uh, i always question myself that making something available is one aspect of it but then having uh, not having that facility or not creating that facility how will the reaction be i think that is where we need to as parents we have to be a little more conscious because uh, giving everything is not the right way i think denial also is important at times because not having something sh- uh, should not make them feel that you know it, it it was sort of denied it is not denied it is basically uh, to find another alternative to that that's what i feel for kids today especially all those who have been uh, blessed with good environments and uh, good uh, school all those i mean where i mean in some parts of the country all these are uh, still a luxury i think uh, like you said everything is in excess for the kids right now and uh, we need to find a balance way to make the change and way to deny and way to allow so that uh, they should also learn to live with disappointments in future failure is also going to yeah. come their way True. yes so it's True. not always always going to be so easy so they need to even learn the hard way and i think we are trying to make a balance hopefully the kids will definitely do something good in future <laughs> that's yeah, all what we can say yeah but uh, thank you so much vivek for being on this episode today how how did you find the conversation i really enjoyed uh, talking to you and sharing some of my experiences i mean uh, nothing out of the blue or on the cloud but if at all uh, somebody feels that this was i mean this was what they were looking for then i mean um, i lead, i think the uh, purpose is met So, you know definitely yeah it's yeah always, it's always a, it's always always a blessing and i should thank uh, you and shashi for considering me eligible for sharing no, my no. thoughts no no definitely i mean we need stories from people like this only from us and you so that normal people around us you know just get that little motivation like just listening to somebody doing this maybe somewhere some you know it just start off their own motivation and they'll start doing some maybe not cycling maybe not running or maybe something in their life you know so the whole point is just just to drive that drive them like that yeah but uh, thank I, you uh, i'll just connect up that last point that i shared uh, with you sure. regarding uh, the ted talk so thank effectively uh, if anybody is passionate about something then they should go for it i think that's the crux of it so well thank said. you so much uh, for having me thank you so much thank you so much